0: This week's Come Follow Me weekly Bible study, a Book of Mormon study, and we are doing Alma 23 through 29. Super excited. Anti Lehi, le, Anti Lehi, Nephites. So good. ah My book is just full of scriptures underlined, so I hope I'm able to give you lots of goodness as fast and possible as as I can. But I do want to tell you, I'm trying to turn to those now as I look down here. I do want to encourage you to stop over at spiritualcrusade.com and check out our content there. We do offer three different programs every single week with Come Follow Me. We have a Come Follow Me weekly challenge, which is just a summarized, shorter, quicker. Um, overview of the chapters to kind of give you a run through um, we also have a ponderizing scripture you can memorize and then Craig goes into some explanation of that but on the website that's not all we have we also have conference uh, memes that help you break down the talk so it's nice and easy and you can just kind of do an overview of them or you can read the whole talk that way Um was like reading a picture book we also have just talks and lessons we have articles written by people amazing. We also have a new thing coming on that's going to be a how-to. It's by Renee Roberts and she's going to be so good. So look for it. Look, Looking forward to Renee's article coming on on how-to, all kinds of things. So it'll be a new one every month. Um, so that's spiritual crusade.com. Come join us. You'll love it. But let's get started with these chapters. I want to start in the very beginning with um, 23.3. And thus they might go forth and preach the word according to their desires. For the king had been converted unto the Lord and all his household. household. Therefore he sent his proclamation throughout the land unto his people that the word of god might have no obstruction but that it might go forth throughout all the land that his people might be convinced concerning the wicked traditions of their fathers and that they might be convinced that they were all brethren and that they ought not to murder or to plunder or to steal nor to commit adultery nor to commit any manner of wickedness love this chapter let me tell you why okay in this verse because in there it talks about he wanted freedom of religion So that there would be the word of God might have no obstruction. Interesting, he's the king. Why doesn't he just make it a law that everybody has to believe in the gospel? Why wouldn't that be the way to avoid obstruction of the the gospel? Everybody would believe, it's so simple. But let me tell you why, because that's not how it works. It didn't work that way in the pre-existence, it doesn't work that way now. Agency has been the key to the whole plan of salvation we get to choose and if we don't get to choose our testimony is not as strong we don't have the firm foundation we don't have the commitment that's been made we need agency we need to be able to choose and he knew that he knew that that would be the number one obstruction to the gospel would be the inability for the people to be converted he had been converted he knew the difference between light and darkness in fact in here we talk about how that is what the gospel does for people that is what the lord does for people in um 26 15 and yea they were encircled about with everlasting darkness and destruction but behold he was he has brought them into everlasting light who's he christ He has brought them into everlasting light, yay, into everlasting salvation, and they were circled about with his matchless bounty of his love, yay, and we have been instruments in his hands of doing this great and marvelous work. He brings light to people's life. And so the king knew that. He's been converted. He knew the light that would come as people got to choose and be truly converted, not forced, but converted. And so he he believed that freedom of religion was important. And this is just so important to me that we understand how important our agency is. Our agency is key to who we are. It's key to our beliefs and it's key to our commitment. And these anti-Nephi-Lehi's who experienced this mighty change of heart, who had had true conversion, knew the commitment that required us to follow the Lord. And they give us the greatest examples in here here of how to do that. And what is the main theme of these chapters this week for the Come Follow Me in the Gospel Library? Never did they fall away. Never did they fall away because they were converted and because they were given the agency to choose. And that's beautiful. And let's read that, 23, 6. And as sure as the Lord liveth, so sure as many as believed, or as many as were brought to the knowledge of truth, through the preaching of Ammon and his brethren according to the spirit of revelation. The spirit of revelation is key, guys. Listen to me. We all have access to the spirit of revelation, and it, in the last conference, it said it is equally as important as prophetic revelation. We have to seek the Lord's will in our lives, and this these chapters show us the importance of that. We're going to get to that later because it comes kind of in the storyline, but it's so cool. And okay, let's go on. Spirit of Revelation and prophecy and the power of God working miracles in them. Okay, as we seek the Lord's help, we will see miracles in our lives. We'll see miracles in our hearts. We'll see miracles in our thoughts, our minds, our actions, everything will be changed. Yea, I say unto you, the Lord liveth. As many as the Lamanites as believed in their preaching and were converted unto the Lord never did fall away. For they became a righteous people. They did lay down their weapons of rebellion and they did not fight against God anymore, neither against any of their brethren. They did not fight against god what does that mean to fight against god and it's it's exactly what it says they lay down their weapons of rebellion so when we talk about these swords that the anti-nephi lehi's bury those were their um weapons of rebellion so in our lives our weapons of rebellion might not be a sword it might not even be a pocket knife but they're things that that we think about the words we say our actions our feelings um you know all of the all of the things you can think of that that cause you to fight against God. He does not need to be fought against. He loves us with full love, full compassion, full full peace. His joy is offered to us. Everything he does is for that. And they understood that. And I love that. So let's go to um. Okay, so these kind of go together. They kind of give us some clues. Okay, first off, let's talk about the power of the adversary. They they, they, they talk about that in here and I think that's kind of important because um, when he says it's the only, you know, he did want to keep it free from obstruction, it was kind of interesting that he was talking about freedom of religion because he knows. That the adversary is very strong and so he says in here and thus we see how great the iniquity oh this is um and thus we see how great the iniquity of man is because of sin and transgression and the power of the devil which comes by cunning plans which he hath devised to ensnare the hearts of men that's the way he wants to do is ensnare us that's the difference between agency and not agency so it- Satan, from the beginning, pre-mortally, till now and after, wants us not to be free. He wants us to be forced. And everything he does tries to chain us, snare us, trap us, create guilt, create misery, create distraction, create all these things. And the Lord wants to free us, give us peace, give us joy, give us purpose, give us um, trust and faith and understand who we are and see the big picture, understanding that this life is... It so much more than just the mortality, even though mortality is so awesome, it's so great, but eternity is for so long, and he's trying to say this is a big, big thing, and so, um. Okay, so then as it, let's talk about the story as far as what happens. They lay down their weapons of war, war lay down by weapons of rebellion, yay, their weapons of war, and they were all Lamanites. And that's 23:13. So So these are Lamanites. So now they know that their brother and the Lamanites are gonna be angry with them because they hate the Nephites. So they're kind of like these traitors, right? Because they joined the church and the Nephites are upset. And um, it said that all of them joined, save only, converted, save only one. So, um, and I like that they talk about the king was was in on this. And this is the importance of our making sure that we are voting in righteous leaders. Now there, and this is 24, 6. Now there was not one soul among all the people who had been converted unto the Lord that would take up arms against their brethren. Nay, they would not even make any preparations for war. yea, And also their king commanded them that they should not. Their king. Was behind them on this plan of staying committed to the Lord regardless of what it costed him. So, in our media and in our, what we see, we see so many like contrary. Um, views of what's again what the Lord tells us and then what the world tells us what the Lord tells us what's being made into a law and we have to keep ourselves focused and when we have re- uh, leaders who can stay focused that's so key to who we are but I love what the king had to say please read it it's 24 7 through 17 and I'm not going to read it but I'm going to tell you he told them don't pick up your weapons of war keep your swords bright remember what is your sword I don't know what all our swords are different keep your swords bright and then he said I'm so thankful. This is gratitude. Gratitude comes in. He says, I'm so thankful for the missionaries that came and taught us the gospel, that taught us the plan of salvation, that taught us how to repent, and that gave us the faith and the hope and the understanding that we can be forgiven. We might repent of these things. This is 10. And also that he had forgiven us of those, those, our many sins and murders which were committed and taken away the guilt from our heart through the mercies of his son. And then it says our swords have become bright and let us stain not our swords no more with the blood of our brethren that's 12 and then this is so good that whole thing is so good in 14 it says he loveth our souls as well as he loveth our children therefore in his mercy he does visit us by his angels and the plan of salvation might be known unto us as well as to future generations key all of this effort is so much bigger than one so as each one of them understood i'm converted right I believe that my actions and who I become, my, com- my commitment to keep my sword clean is going to affect generations. I'm going to change generations. It's so cool. I love that. I try to teach my kids, guys, your decisions is not about you. It's huge. And it's kind of fun because it's exciting if you can get them excited about it. This is big. And so we also, the other thing I love about this is that as we go through life and we watch our loved ones live and some of them make not as good decisions or make decisions that we don't think are that good, we can rest assured of one thing, that the Lord loves them as much as he loves us and that he's merciful to them just like he is just to us. And the Lord will always choose um, mercy over justice if we choose to walk with him. And I have a verse in here that I'm going to pull out to you. About that, and here it is. Oh, my soul almost as it was, his 26 20, almost as it were, fleeth at the thought. Behold, he did not exercise his justice upon us, but in his great mercy hath brought us over that everlasting gulf of death and misery, even to the salvation of our souls. And then it says, Now, brethren, we this is in um 26 37, my brethren, we see that God is mindful of every people, whosoever land they may be in. Yea, he numbered his people, and his bowels of mercy are over all the earth. Now this is my joy and my great thanksgiving Yay, I will give thanks unto the God forever. And we can give thanks to God forever too. And especially because we can rest assured that he loves our loved ones. He loves our neighbors, our friends, everyone, as much as he loves us. And the tender mercies that he has given us, he will give to them. And so we, it gives us peace as parents, peace as friends. We just need to do our best to love the Lord and to seek to follow him. And so as we do that, we will find just an uh, utmost joy. And then it talks, they, they kind of give us some ideas in here of how to avoid the snare of the devil, to keep a commandment of the Heavenly Father, and to just stay strong. And it says one thing that was really key is um 2418 and given to them, and rather than spend their days in idleness, they would labor abundantly with their hands. Work is so important in the plan of salvation. It's important in our homes. It gives us purpose. My dad got, is, has been sick for years now. He got started in a wheelchair and slowly worked away. He's not even in a wheelchair anymore. But he was having such a hard time. And I said, Dad, why are you having such a hard time? You're, such, you're amazing. You've been the best dad ever. You're the best person I know. What can be so terrible? And he said, Sherry, I've worked my whole life. And now I can't work. I have no purpose. I left that moment and thought, oh, my goodness why do I never think of this? I should be so grateful. I have dishes to wash and laundry to fold and kids to bathe and lawns to mow and friends to take dinner to and thing we do that takes effort and a little bit of work gives us purpose. And purpose is important because we are important and we do have a purpose. And so I'll tell you what, they learned to work. They were not going to steal and plunder and rob and murder anymore for their livelihood. They were going to work for their livelihood and it brought them joy. And you know what happened? And thus we see that when the lame eyes were brought to believe and to know the truth, they were firm it does as we work hard for our testimonies and for living our life righteously we become firm in the faith which gives us trust and ability to have courage to do the things that the anti nephi lehi's did hopefully we are not called to lay down as we are slaughtered but let me tell you something guys we are called for a great work and we can do it even if it's hard even if it's scary because i promise you it's super scary to lay down and keep your swords completely spotless while others slaughter you. But it's a beautiful story in that too because when the Lamanites came, they're angry. I mean, these guys, they failed against them. They're angry. And it says a thousand and five of the Antonyphi Lehi's were slain. That's a lot. They're righteous. It's so frustrating, right? But it's okay because then it goes on to say, let's read it. Um, When the Lamanites saw this, they did forbear from slaying them. And there were many whose hearts had swollen in them they said their swords were their clean spotless swords were going to stand as a testimony and they meant a testimony here on earth and in heaven they were going to greet their heavenly father with clean swords and you know what else those clean swords were going to stand as a testimony of truth here so that others could see oh my goodness i want what they have i want that light and here we say here we see um the hearts were swollen in them for Those of their brethren who had fallen under the sword, for they repented of the things which they had done. And it came to pass that when they threw down their weapons of war, and they would not take them up again, for they were stung for the murders which had been committed. And they came down even as their brethren, relying upon the mercies of those whose arms were lifted to slay them. Here's the key right here. And it came to pass that the people of God were joined that day by more than the number who had been slain. And those who had been slain were righteous people. Therefore, we have no reason to doubt but that they were saved. And there was not a wicked man slain among them, but there were more than a thousand brought to the knowledge of truth. And thus we see that the Lord worked in many ways to bring the salvation of his people. So, not only did they bring their own spotless weapons of war to heaven to say, Heavenly Father, I stand as a testimony of your kindness and your love, but they helped others to have clean swords to greet Heavenly Father with and I just think that is gorgeous and you know why I think they were so firm and you know why I think that not any of them failed with well, that's our theme for this year and I think it's because of this key right here and this is 26:15. and they were circled about with everlasting darkness and destruction but behold he was brought them into his everlasting light and yea, into everlasting salvation and they encircled about with the matchless bounty of his love That's why, because Christ's love encircles us and brings us from darkness to light. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. His love will bring you to the light. You are not sinking. You have a life jacket on. Did you know you're wearing a life jacket? This is our life jacket he holds us i have to tell you another story even though i get so sad i don't want to miss any of these things i want to say all my stories till the end because i don't want to miss any time because some people only listen to this for like eight minutes i have like a short duration but i have to tell you this story because my son was swimming in a creek and i was i mean in a, in a pond with all my kids and he didn't he was so scared of going because he didn't swim and i had this life jacket that had the hood behind it kind of so you cannot drown it's impossible it throws you back and you sink right and i put that on him and he finally was Eased his way in and realized, okay, I'm floating. I can do this. And so he went in. He was having so much fun with all his siblings, just having a blast. But but then, as people played and got along, you know, eventually people headed off to different things. There was a lily pad, and some people were picking weeds out of the pond. I don't know. And, and he found himself all alone in the middle of the water, and fear overcame him and I'm standing on the dock like 30 feet ahead and I'm watching him and he starts to just panic. He's just kicking and screaming and he's like, he's drowning himself. And I'm like, you can't drown yourself. So I'm screaming, you have a life jacket on. You have, relax, you have a life jacket on. So then eventually after he's just panicking, panicking, screaming and just sisters and brothers are trying to swim as fast as they can to get to him. And I'm yelling, you've got your life jacket on. Quit panicking. And he's drowning himself. You can't even drown. And he's drowning himself. And I think we do this to ourselves. Like, all right, we have a life jacket on. And life is good. And then we get, like, stressed out. And we, like, basically drown ourselves even though we're okay. We're fine. And so we have to know we have a life jacket on. And so all of a sudden, the, all these siblings are swimming to him as fast as they can. And then Rex, I guess he listened to me. He just, like, realized he had a life jacket on. And he just relaxed. He put his hands up above his head, kicked back his feet, just floated. And I was like, I stepped there 30 feet above and I thought, huh, I think I drowned myself a lot. I need to remember I'm wearing a life jacket. I don't have to drown. And so we do not have to drown. That's an important thing. We actually have our life jacket on. The Lord will save us. He is there. He will carry our burdens. We just have to hand them over to him. And then the other thing that I love that they talk about is the reasons why they follow the Lord. So sometimes I feel like because the world's standards are going the opposite direction so fast and the Lord's is staying firm because of the eternal truth and then he gives us things to help us to see those eternal truths and so we have these little rules these little guidelines you got the youth of strength you got the word of wisdom you got all these things going on and you wonder well, why do i have to do this like why how does why does this even pay in and then they explain to us they say yay they this is in um 25 15 yay they did keep the law of moses for it's expedient that they should keep the law of moses as yet for it's not all fulfilled but notwithstanding the law of moses They did look forward to the coming of Christ, considering that the law of Moses was a type of his coming and believing that they must keep those outward performances until the time that he should reveal them unto them. So they're just following because they should follow and because of the law of obedience is so awesome. But I love what Russell Nelson says. He says, Follow the Lord with exactness, and he tells us that because he knows that the Lord will lead us if we follow with exactness. So you think about somebody if you're babysitting a child and you tell them to do something and they don't do it, well you can't protect them the same. So as a parent, we do the same thing. We give our kids rules and things we know will help protect them and even if they don't understand it i've watched as kids who are willing to follow those rules they thrive and the ones who choose to go on their own and like oh, i don't really want to follow your rule because it's not my favorite they have stumbling stumbling blocks and so the lord does the same thing for us and so they just were willing to follow they said okay they were so so committed to their conversion that they were willing to follow the lord and then in 16 25 16 now they did not suppose that salvation came by the law of moses they knew this was not where salvation came from Right? But the law of Moses just served to strengthen their faith in Christ. That's my favorite part. It's so we can strengthen our faith in Christ. It is not a checklist. We don't have little boxes and we're checking them off, and we're hoping that we can become better than somebody, or we're we're hoping that we can show everybody who's the best, right? Nope, that's not why we do it. We do it to strengthen our testimonies, to strengthen our trust, to strengthen our courage, to strengthen our fortitude. So we know who we are, so we have purpose. And thus they do retain a hope. Through faith and to eternal salvation, relying upon the spirit of prophecy, which spoke to those things to come. So, yay, so, so amazing. And you guys, they did these things, they have their weapons of war, their weapons of war. Rebellion, rebellion, that they're keeping strong and firm and they're burying them in the earth. They want them to be spotless before the Lord and all of this is to stand as a testimony. We've talked about this. Stand as a testimony here on earth and in heaven and then we see what those testimonies do here on earth. Listen guys, as people are converted, behold, this is 26.5, behold, the field is ripe and blessed are ye. Now, we know that we have been called to the battlefield of missionary work, right? All of us have been called to gather Israel. And ye, to thrust in the sickle, and to reap with your might, and all day long did ye labor. And behold, the number of your sheaves, and they shall be gathered into the garners, for they are not wasted. And yea, they shall not be beaten down by the storm of the last day. Yea, neither shall they be hurried up by the whirlwinds. But when the storm cometh, they shall be gathered together in their place, that the storm cannot penetrate to them. Yea, neither shall they be driven with fierce winds, where the with a storm of the enemy listed to carry them. You are giving everybody a life jacket. That's what you're doing, so they can handle the storms of life that drown them. You're helping others not to drown. Just think if you would save somebody in the pool that's flapping around and they're going to die. Of course you'd save them. Well, that's the same thing as we stand as an example and as we teach others of how to find Christ, we are helping them have a life jacket so that they can survive the storms of life because life is going to give you storms. The adversary is real. Satan is, a, is available to tempt us and to drive us crazy all the time. So that's what we're doing. And 7 says, And behold, they are in the hands of the Lord of the harvest, and they are his, and he will raise them up at the last day. You just hand them over. They're his. And sometimes we're just planting a little tiny seed. You don't even get to see it sprout. You don't even get to see the plant grow. But it doesn't matter because that seed will grow. You just hand it over. You do your best You hand it over. And eight, blessed be the name of God. Let us sing his praise. Yea, let us give thanks to his holy name for he doth work righteousness forever. And that is just so beautiful. And you guys, the Lord has power. There's power in his word, power in our example, and power in the things that we have to share. And we don't have to worry if others are ready to accept it or not. All we have to do is to do our part, and he will guide and lead us. And so, the other thing I loved about the for the is they standed united. They were a they were a united group and we too have been called to become one, one in a church family, one in families, one in marriage. And the reason why is because there is strength in one. It helps us to be committed. It helps us to be strong and to be firm, and it helps us to be a good example. So we need to unite in righteousness, unite in following the Lord with exactness and in listening to the prophet with the things that the Lord has asked us to do. And with that, we will find his joy. And it says it all over here. And one of them is 27 um 18. But then we can go in and talk about and um how the Nephites then were worried, like the Lamanites are getting slaughtered and they have converted to the Lord and we've got to do something to help them. And so the, so Ammon went to the king and this is what he says, I will go and inquire of the Lord. And if he say, if he say unto us, go down unto the brethren, we will go. And that's why I was telling you guys earlier about the spirit of revelation, how it's equally as important as spirit of, of prophecy because it is individual and it's for you. So we have to seek the Lord's guidance in our lives. And so he says, I will go and I will ask the Lord. And then I will follow him with exactness. He's not just like Nephi, right? I will go and I will do the things the Lord commands for the Lord commands nothing that he will not prepare a way for us to accomplish and that exactly what Solomon Nelson has told us he says as you seek to do those things that are difficult and hard and you feel inadequate for it and it feels impossible if you seek the Lord's help it will come in, not it will be imp- it will be possible with God everything is possible and then the king I love the king like he then he's, this king Nephi is the same he's so awesome and the king said unto him yay if the Lord saith that just go we will go And so they're willing to follow and that's what they did. And so then they prayed about it and they felt that they should give the Nephites the land. And so they gave them a land called Jershon, they gave them some of their land, yeah, Jershon. And I love that because it shows our spirit of giving and how, you know, we should not just harbor the things the Lord has given us. We should share openly, whether it's the gospel and sometimes it's in fast offerings or sometimes it's in kindness or making a dinner for someone, cleaning someone's house or just giving the Lord, of the, giving of the things the Lord gives us. We've, we should be grateful for so many things and then we can help and give some of that. So they give a piece of land they're like, we're gonna protect you, we're gonna help you, we're gonna come, we're gonna unite together. Well, the Lamanites still came upon them and they still slaughtered. Instead, they said it was a tremendous battle, even such one as never had been known unto, among all the people in the land of Lehi, left, since Lehi left Jerusalem, and that's 28 too, So it was still a terrible battle, lots lost, lives lost. Lamanites, Nephites, but not one of the anti-Nephites raised a sword. While many thousands of them truly mourn for the loss of their kindred, yet they rejoice and exalt in hope. And even now, according to the promise of the Lord, that they are raised to dwell at the righteous hand of God in the state of never-ending happiness. And thus we see how great the iniquity of man is because of the sin and transgression, and the power of the devil which cometh unto the cunning plants which he hath devised to ensnare the hearts of men. And thus we see the great call of diligence of men to labor in the vineyards of the Lord and thus we see the great reason of sorrow and also rejoicing. Sorrow because of death and destruction among men, and joy because of the light of Christ into our lives. And that is right. As we do these things, we are bringing light into ourselves, our life, and to our family's lives and into all those around us. our The light of Christ through us can illuminate other people's paths and help them avoid pitfalls that they otherwise might not have seen. Even if they, you don't see the conversion that you want or you desire for them or your heart yearns for them, it's okay. Because the light of Christ works in miraculous ways. And sometimes it's a slow, steady, turtle style conversion. And sometimes the hair. Sometimes they're sprinting to him. But I know in my life, I've had lots of ups and downs. I've had lots of times when I'm crawling and lots of times when I'm sprinting. And always the best theory is let's just help others move to Christ at whatever pace they're ready for. Let's love them where they are and let's help them to get to him in some way. And we can do that by being the example. Thank you for coming today and sharing with us. Um, Come follow me this week and we'll see you next week.